0: I'm Taylor Strecker and this is Younger Uncovered, a podcast dedicated to all things younger. We're going to go deep inside the show, unpacking major moments, chatting with people in the know, spilling some secrets of our own, and generally celebrating all the ways that Younger basically gives us life all day, every day. So it's our very first podcast, and we're taking it all the way back to the beginning with a recap of Younger season one uh, with basically the birth of Liza's brand new life. And today, uh, my very special guest is none other than the show's creator himself, Mr. Darren Star. Hello, Darren. Hello there. I'm so happy we're doing this.
1: Fun to be here.
0: So fun. Okay, so basically, uh, Younger is My Life, like li- <laughs> literally. And not just because I'm working with you guys. It, I'm obsessed with the show. It's so amazing. And I know Thank I'm you. not the only audience Thank member you. that feels like that. It's a super relatable show. So in this podcast, we're going to definitely go through the characters a lot. Because sure. season one was all about getting to know the characters. Yes. yes. One by one by one. Right. Um, and a couple storylines we'll get to. But ultimately, I have to ask you before we even get started what is it about this story the show younger that resonates with the audience like myself
1: I think there's something about a classic story of reinvention that really taps into people's ideas that they can always they can always change their life yeah and transform their life and yep. their life is is sort of like you know never static and you're never stuck and I think that's something that is is just it's it's in a it's an appealing – I don't want to say fantasy because I don't believe it's a fantasy. It's not a fantasy.
0: You're so right. It's It, it can be real life.
1: It, yes. And I think that younger, you know, it definitely is – It it's – you know, Liza goes through um, a journey that most people don't lie about their age. Right. And, uh, but she she does some – she basically takes that sort of leap into the unknown and she goes uh, – she does something crazy mm-hmm. to try to shake things up in her life, which is getting, you know, after – after a bad divorce, bad divorce. And she just felt like she had, you know, she was out of options in a way, and there was just no, you know, in a way, there was n- no harm in, in just sort of, in and going for it.
0: You know, it's crazy because when I started watching the show, I had just gone through a divorce and then I had just, I always identified as straight and I started dating a girl. Ah! So I literally felt
1: like... You got married really young. Then. Uh, you're like Liza.
0: I'm like, I'm actually 26. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm lying now. Now I yeah. am Liza. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: But I buy it. I totally buy it. But so it you, really, can you can do it.
0: But that reinvention, I mean, that, I mean, I'm so happy that's what we're talking about right now because reinvention is, it's, it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. And have you right. ever been at a point in your life where you're like, oh, my God, like there is no more reinventing myself because that's where I was before I got divorced. Right. And then I realized, no, this is my life. It's in my own hands. I can do whatever I want with it. And it's exactly like what is doing. And
1: I think the show is also taps into the idea of ageism. And, Absolutely. And I feel like it, it's – for me, the idea was more relevant now because it dealt with the sort of cultural divide between – millennials yeah and de- cultural and generational divide between millennials and like and everyone Gen else. Xers <laughs> and everyone else and it just made it more stark the divide you know was the the skills that Liza needed to acquire yeah she didn't have and and the value that was put on millennials was and and sort of younger people with sort of the the social media savvy and yeah. and you know the the people that grew up in the internet age um, there, there is just a world of difference, and I think, she, you know, I think part of the. Liza's journey was her learning curve, right? To become a millennial, become more relevant, and also, I think it's you know, it made it fun for me to write because it was my learning curve, also, right? To dive into that world,
0: I still don't know what a meme is. That's, <laughs> think that's a different season. <laughs> I still don't. I still don't
1: know what a meme is either. We had a long discussion in the writers' room, many days worth of talks about it, and and the writers that were in their twenties were just they they were they atti- frustrated like you guys. No, no you know what? The, their attitude was, you know what. They're like, you know it when you see it.
0: Right, guy Kelsey says that. You yes. know it when you see it. I'm like, but what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Which means me not like, You just know it. You just know it. And they had references to so many memes. So <laughs> I, I think don't. some of that conversation came verbatim out of our writer's room.
0: Well, that's another thing that I love is how much the writer room, and like you have you have older and younger writers. So you guys are actually living younger in the younger writing room. We are. And that yes. was an intentional move, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely. Yes. yes. You know, we, we had to draw those younger writers out for material.
0: Who learns more from each other.
1: I, I have to say, I, surprisingly, we well we learn a lot from them. But I but it's nice to see that they also learn stuff from us. And they're and they're curious about just you know all us old people. What
0: it's like to be old? Yeah, and also what it was like <laughs> to
1: be around back then. You know, it's like there's yeah, it's it's like they're they're very. I think millennials are they're pop culture junkies they
0: are and In they way, love nostalgia
1: they know everything they've seen every show they've seen more shows than i than i did when i grew up they've seen all the shows uh-huh. and i think it's also the access to everything that they have, which, and, but the amount, the volume of references they have, pop cultural references is just staggering to me.
0: Well, when you are also asking about like back in the day, I know a, a question I was asked is like, what was New York city like before, like I moved here when it was like really, really cool, you know? Right. And I feel like a big character of the show is Brooklyn. Sure. So that was another intentional maneuver. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, I think, you know, Brooklyn in some ways is the reinvention of New York city. Totally. And it's the, you know, and, and it was a place that I discovered Doing the show and, uh-huh. and got to discover it. I don't think I ever would have discovered it to the degree that I have, which uh, which is great because we spent a lot of time filming in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah,
1: thinking Wait, about Brooklyn
0: is Brooklyn cooler than New York City? Like, no, like, is, it has it has. I mean, Brooklyn it hasn't been is not
1: cooler than New York City. It's all <laughs> cool. It is. It's all great. It's and, all uh, cool. You know, I think that uh, no, it's just an, it's just an extension of New York, and yeah. it, and you know, in the same way you can look at Los Angeles now, and it's like east LA and downtown and everything is all happening and it's just it's kind of wonderful to see these parts of the city that were just sort of like dormant for so long and, ignored. Kind of, and ignored and they're just like you know coming to life
0: oh my god they're all getting younger
1: they're all getting younger I just realized
0: that as <laughs> But,
1: and you know what? They're also getting older. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> <laughs> they really are.
0: That's very profound. Yeah. It really is. Okay, so let's talk about the characters. Sure. Liza, first and foremost, of course. So who was Liza Miller when we first met her, especially in season one?
1: I think she was just groping around in the dark trying to figure things out. Absolutely. Trying to see if this was going to work. Mm-hmm. And, But most importantly, and I think it's at the heart of the show – Liza is doing this because of ageism. Yeah, she really just she has the skills, but she was too too old to get to basically get back to start again in in the job market in a, in a field that she had a lot of passion for.
0: So we see her like, like the beginning of the pilot actually trying to get a job. Yes. I think it's the opening scene. Yes, it's the opening scene. And I, with these young 20-somethings sure. and they're like poo-pooing her for stopping working to be a stay-at-home mom, for being out of the industry for so long. And they're also like creeped out of the idea of her being an assistant. So you, she is like lies on her own would never go I, I want a shot at my 20s again. This is like, sh- right, it's by exactly. circumstance.
1: Right. She wasn't looking to relive her 20s. She was just looking to get a job and her attitude was i do anything else or anywhere, but you know what? Kind of like if you're in your if you're in your 20s, you don't want a 40. You know, it was like I don't want a 40 year old assistant. It was kind of it was kind of weird. Yeah, and they were kind of weirded out by the idea that 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 would be her that that she would want to even do that. But I think Liza is just such a determined character. Yes, and and that's what I, I love about her that she wasn't going to let that stop her, and I think there was a she just felt it was unfair. So.
0: I love when one of the girls goes, well, it'd just be weird because you're so. Oh. And she starts to old, and then she says orange. <laughs> it's an industry term. It's like so bitchy and amazing. I love that. Okay, well, so Liza isn't really a liar. She's a very honest person, a good person, in fact. But like you said, she's determined, and she's kind of like trying to survive in an impossible situation. She's got to get her daughter through college with right. her deadbeat right. husband. Right. You know, gambling away everything and right. then some, and cheating on her. Right. What a gem! Yes. Um. Yes. So her friend Maggie. Well, let's go to Maggie. It's right. kind of Maggie's fault that Liza decides to lie. Maggie's morals are a little less clear.
1: (laughs) Well, I think Maggie loves to stir the pot. Yes. And I don't think, you know, I think when she suggested this, she just thought, okay, this, why not? This will be fun. I'm I'm not sure she really imagined it would lead to, uh, you know, this This. entire life.
0: (laughs) To season five. (laughs) To
1: season five. (laughs) A life that Maggie's become a big part of, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Maggie's also a little anti establishment, you know? So do you think that she was kind of like, F the man, F the system, and lying. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yes, and I and I think it really started with it, the idea that it it wasn't even the two of them sitting around thinking like you should you know how do you get a job you have to think about maybe we'll go in and make you younger it was it was running into Josh at that bar and being mistaken for somebody in her twenties yes, yes. kind of like. Uh, was sort of the catalyst for the idea.
0: Exactly. So
1: Josh had a big part in part so, in it too.
0: Indirectly, it was Josh's fault. <laughs> indirectly, it was Josh's fault. Josh who's <laughs> I'll, a, I'll take that. You
1: know, Josh, who was a little, dr- drunk, a little beer, drunk, beer goggles on, looking at lies and thinking that she's in her 20s. Yep. It all started that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> now,
0: let's talk about Josh. Yeah. So, I mean, Josh was this, he was supposed to be this hot young fling. Mm-hmm. And in season one, he turns out to be so much more. I have chills. I love Josh. Yeah, I'm te- I'm so team Josh. Um. So... How did that come to be? And did we know this going into writing season one that this was going to be the trajectory?
1: Yes, absolutely. Their romance was, their relationship was a big trajectory for season one, no question. No question. And and also, I wanted the relationship to become more real. By the end of season one, I wanted wanted Josh to find out. Okay. Because it needed, you know, it, it,
0: so that was the, that. was our determined from the, the get-go.
1: Yes. And it is sort start to have some real emotional stakes between them. Well, it worked. You people. broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a, a huge amount of credit goes to Nico for mm-hmm. that. I mean, you He's know. He's so incredible. It's, so, you know, uh, casting is so – got to be so lucky mm-hmm. to find the right actor. And at the beginning of the series, you know, Nico was cast basically – three days before we started filming. Two Stop. days two days before we started was filming. Was that how
0: hard it was to find a Josh? Yes,
1: we just could not find a Josh.
0: Why why? Can you give you me know, like
1: I don't know. It's like that perfect, that twenty-something uh soulful, yep. great looking guy who just feels like would it that an older woman would date and think about dating. Right. Um and I think for Nico it really is that his um his soulfulness and sense of humor and just you know how much he loves life just comes through and that energy you know you want to be around that energy yeah and I I feel like from the minute they met that smile you know Liza's like okay Ugh. I will uh, I will keep this up yeah you know which I think continues into episode two or three when she wants to tell him but it's like oh my god I don't want to like ruin this great thing so quickly yep. you know she feels like I kind of deserve this after my big divorce she does deserve yeah. it
0: she gave up everything for it to be a mother and a wife and yeah. look it blew up her face a little bit yeah
1: so I think she feels like I kind of deserve this I deserve this guy and you know I have to keep lying a little bit to keep this going, I'll just do it, but eventually I'll let him know. And then it kept, it was never easy to sort of, the longer you lie, the harder it is to tell the truth.
0: Well, and then she, she wanted to get some booty.
1: For, that is true. <laughs> she definitely did, and that's very—that's very,
0: a, a reason enough alone. That's very clear. Me.
1: I think from episode two <laughs> that she wanted to tell him the truth, and it was just no, not today.
0: Let me ask you a question, Darren. Do you think that if she had told him, like, when she was going to, right before they were gonna get it on, do you think he would have been cool, like, learning like that early on? Do you think he would have been able to recover?
1: I think it, I think it might have given him pause for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that, I don't think that you, they would have had the sort of wonderful uninhibited sex life True. that they did for a while I mean, and I think sucks. what's great about that relationship was it 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 became a real relationship and ultimately um Josh didn't the age wasn't an issue for him no. you know and I think it became more of an issue for Liza as time went on
0: absolutely which now we're getting to season two territory oh, yeah. so Mr. I'm not Man, talking about that that's for, that's for other people to discuss <laughs> no. but season
1: one I feel like it was um I think it was Liza's fear yep um kept her from telling him for sure. And, and, asha-
0: uh, and I think she was ashamed of her age, which is sad. And I think mm-hmm. is an and that's a real story that I think Definitely. women feel in society. You know, we feel like we age out at a certain point. I don't know what age that is, but it's probably different for every woman. But Yeah, and I
1: think there was a there was just a I think not only sort of getting back in the game with a guy, with any man, but with a guy in her in his twenties mm-hmm. made her very sort of uh gay you know, stressed her out a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then it was Josh. So, you know. He's the best. He's the best. He is. Oh, is he ever.
0: But he has some stiff competition in Charles. That's true. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, well, not in season one. There's not a love triangle. That doesn't happen until season two. But in season one, halfway through, we like really meet Charles for the first time.
1: We meet Charles and Charles is always intended to come in and sort of be Liza's true match in terms of Age and everything, right. but this impossible relationship because um, he, you know, she's lying about her age. So and he's the boss, and he's the boss. So, but there was always, from the moment they met, I feel like you can go back to that episode where where they meet in Diana's office, yeah. and there's like a flustered attraction between the two of them. That so special was, spark, but yeah. But we kept it simmering for a while. You know, we didn't really want to sort of like turn up the heat on that because right. it really was all about. Liza and Josh, Josh. Se- yeah, season one. We needed that for sure, yeah, absolutely. But
0: did you know that Charles was going to lead to I love triangle down the road?
1: Yes, we knew yes. that Charles would hopefully, you know, again, it's all about it's all about casting, you right? Know? And so you imagine who these characters might be in your head, and you cast them, and you think, let's hope that there's chemistry, and there was. So that's you know, okay. lucky lucky us, you know, for Peter Herman.
0: Let's go back to the casting room, okay, with Peter. So what was that like with Peter?
1: Uh, I mean, Peter was I. I knew Peter had worked with them before, so right. I just thought, okay, Peter would be good for this. So
0: you knew going in like that. You kind of had him in your head. I,
1: after we could sort of like developed the role, um, and it was on the page, we thought, okay, who can play Charles? And looking at thinking about actors, or actors that could do this and were available. Right. I knew. I knew Peter. I thought, oh yeah, Peter would be great for this. And Peter really is like you know. I think for all these for. I, always have, I have a philosophy about um, actors that play long-running TV characters is uh-huh. that, al- that ultimately a lot of them comes into the character. There's no way you can't yeah. bring part of yourself to the character after so many seasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peter um, I think Peter was a fact checker at Vanity Fair. You know, he. Oh,
0: he is Charles. I interviewed him last year for Getting Younger, and he like is he's yeah. the most literary. Yeah.
1: Peter is Peter is Charles. Such, and I kind of <laughs> knew that about a little bit. So I'm like, yeah, yes. you're the exactly the kind of you are Charles. You know, it's like we'll name him Peter, but you know, we don't want to really really be that on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll change it, we'll change the name, but um, no. So that was definitely um a big part of the thinking, just that knowing. Personally, knowing Peter and knowing how how ready to be with her, and also uh-huh. he's you know Sutton Foster is tall.
0: Yes, she and is. That her- tall drink water. What is she five
1: ten? Uh, lead, yeah, she's definitely five ten and Peter, and she's got really long legs. And Peter Herman is really tall. He is so, seven
0: thousand feet tall. Yes. and So <laughs> you know from
1: the very beginning, you know there was an episode where he ba- where she babysat for him, which I thought was like there was a lot of sparks in that episode. Uh huh. And that's the that one, was the one first where we season. saw the
0: heat. That's when
1: definitely mm-hmm. and. And it was so nice for Sutton to be able to look up to a man because she just doesn't look up to many men because, (laughs) you know, and he – she's really like looking up to him. And that was just – there was something about seeing the two of them together. From that that scene where he came in to babysit that um, you felt their connection Mm -hmm. and and their spark. And then you – and actually I think that is when the love triangle began because then – she went off with Josh on a skateboard right after that. so it's like skateboard's
0: kinda... not like a brownstone in Manhattan I know but that's,
1: <laughs> that's, that, that was it you the know conundrum. Sort of, the... that's
0: what I was like go with him yeah. the older guy <laughs> and, he and Josh represented all this
1: youth and freedom and fun you I'm know like, skateboarding
0: is dangerous. you're
1: gonna hurt yourself <laughs> <laughs> right right
0: um, and then going back actually to Sutton Eliza um, when it came to casting did, was she also you kind of just like knew that was like your go-to?
1: Sutton was my go-to. I had been a huge Sutton Foster fan for years, Mm -hmm. seeing her, you know, on stage in so many great musicals, and um, I really, but I didn't know that. I thought she was much younger. I didn't think she was close enough to play the to play age-wise to play Liza. Uh, And you didn't realize she was
0: actually like right within the. the I think when we started,
1: she was just turning forty when we started. The series. So, like, dead on. I wanted to be honest about it. I just felt like it's not, wouldn't be fair to the audience to cast a woman in her early, you know, in her early 30s who is playing 40 and pretending to be her 20s. It's like, you know, you gotta like see the real thing. Totally. You know? Yes. And, and I, and Sutton not, I think Sutton just has an incredibly youthful vibe. She is, she just has just a, um, maybe it comes from just her, how, What an open, genuine person she is and how she kind of, like, communicates that. She's
0: like a ray of sunshine. She's a
1: ray of sunshine, for sure. But she acts the role of being younger in terms of her physicality and her walk and everything and her posture. So it's really – Is that her
0: real walk or is that her Liza walk?
1: That is her Liza walk, yes. Yeah. (laughs) That is her Liza walk. I mean – but Sutton has a goofiness to her, yes. you know, which is
0: well. I think Kelsey told says she's a dork. Yeah, <laughs> she's got, you know, you're like that. You're dorky. Yeah, but in the best way possible. In the best
1: way possible. But she can transform herself as anybody she wants to be. She and really then she comes is. to a
0: sophisticated mom, and you know, this caretaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's versatile. Is she's, anything? Yes. Were you worried at all because I know she does so much stage acting? Because I mean, TV. I'm. I. I don't know. I'm not an actress, right. but I'm assuming it's a little bit different.
1: Uh, you know, she'd done one series, Bunheads. Uh huh. Oh um, yes, that people loved. Yes. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't. I caught up with it afterwards, but I wasn't. I don't know. I just wasn't worried. I I really believed in her talent. I mean, I such a degree that I'm like, you know what, I was hopeful and excited that she would do it.
0: Yep. And now also, um, so let's move on to Kelsey, her best friend. And they're, they're, be- they're fast friends right off the bat, her yes. and Liza. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when the last time I interviewed you guys as a whole cast, Hillary was saying that you actually called her yes. and how exciting it was. So was Hillary like another person that you, went, you knew you were going right for for Kelsey?
1: You know, to me, Hillary represented this, I, I love the idea that she was sort of a star when she was a child with Lizzie McGuire and yep. she had this huge following. And And that i hadn't really i i hadn't seen her in a real adult role and i just thought she represented that millennial generation in a, in a way that totally. wasn't that was like so um that she's so likable
0: she is,
1: and also so gorgeous. Oh, I think.
0: stunning! Her face you know, is like who yeah. looks like that?
1: And I think she, you know, I just was like excited about the idea of writing for her. I think she's funny. I'd seen some clips she did, like on Two and a Half Men and Different uh-huh. shows. Obviously, she was funny in Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, um, and I, you know, also she was going to be like a super career oriented person, you yeah. know? And I think that's, you know, I think the show is always in the beginning focused on people who put their career first, who like are ambitious.
0: Yeah. And she's ambitious, but she's also so fun, which is yes. like totally appropriate, which I think when you think ambi- ambition in Manhattan, you think like intense and like, you, well, you, you think Diana Trout. <laughs> you
1: yes, think Trout Fouts. For sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, rem- you know, I can remember being young and sort of being ambitious and making stupid mistakes, you know, right. and kind of like uh, not realizing what this mistakes were and trying to have you know, you know your twenty something brain goes one way and then you are like oh my god, but I have responsibility on the other hand and and I think that was always a f- you know fun colors to play with with her character yeah. that she can go out one night get completely hungover and miss an important meeting oh with uh,
0: like her her star author yes and
1: she can make mistakes and I think that's it's so much it it's really. um uh, freeing to write characters that can that that don't have to be perfect and can make mistakes.
0: Right, and when in doubt, guys, make out with the guy, the author that you just messed up with in a business way. Right. <laughs> That's what right. she did. Yes. Actually, that was his fault. He made out with her.
1: He did. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. I mean. In today's world, he would basically be put in jail. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> for what he so did, so true, yeah.
0: actually. <laughs> yes, the
1: show, the world has changed since the show came on the slightly, air years like, ago. Yeah, slightly, yes. slightly.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Diana, aka Trial Pound. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she is, uh, she's very tough, very, mm-hmm. uh, like a really tough boss. And what I love about the show is there's no mean girls, right, but right. Diana, in, just for a brief moment in season one, was like the mean one. She
1: did. She started that way, and I think from one thing that certainly focused on in terms of the series was, okay, let's dimensionalize Diana because she came across, the, you know, very harsh in episode, in in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always had this idea of who she was as a character. I'd known a lot of these women with that sort of like, you know, Tough as nails ex- exterior, who is oh, yeah. softies inside, oh, and yeah. I think that's who she is. And I also feel like she's somebody who really has put work before her personal life her entire life, and it's just her entire boring. life. Her she's entire given life.
0: her entire life. Yes. You know, I I find myself actually like empathizing a lot with Diana, mm-hmm. even even like the hard the hardened hardened Diana, because mm-hmm. she really she's committed everything and given everything she has to give to this career. And you know, then these young girls are coming up nipping at her heels. Right. It's right. terrifying. Right. You don't want to get aged out of your job either. Ages him again.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: And then and we see her be soft and sweet when she gives uh, Liza that money. Right. So we right. you know she has a big, huge heart.
1: Right. I also like from the very, like, I think it was episode three where she had her, she was sort of catfished by this guy who just wanted to her, her purse. Bag.
0: Like and she was yes. kind of like,
1: you saw a different little side to her there. She was kind of like.
0: Have a drink, take have, a picture. Yeah, I'll take a selfie right. with you right. or for you <laughs> yeah. with the bag. Yeah. I love when he tried to order a martini. Right. I was thinking, I would have let him order one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would have gone to jail. Exactly, with yes. the With yeah. that kiss, Kelsey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and then last but certainly not least, uh, Lauren, uh, also right. Molly. Okay, so right. Lauren was of uh, like, she was always in the show in season one and hilarious and standout. Also brunette. Which is so crazy, right? So crazy because now she's such a you know out there redhead. Put in many colors
1: with with her hair. Love,
0: but she was. Were you guys planning on having her be like this character that she is now? Yeah. Well, you know,
1: Molly came in to read for that role, that small role where she sees Liza naked in the in the locker room in the pilot. Oh
0: my god, with her bush.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, and she has that line. You know, oh my god, that bush. It looks like my mother's vagina. It looks like my mother's
0: vagina.
1: She just really um, made me laugh. And just her energy, I felt like she wasn't initially thought of, that character wasn't going to be a regular in the series Mm -hmm. until I saw that scene and I just thought, you know, we need that color. We need that character who isn't the sort of um, just, she's not the straightforward go-getter. She is out there. Yeah. And we needed another millennial. We needed more millennials. And and just somebody else to represent another point of view. For, uh, of that of that world, and also what it means to be that age, and just be as crazy as you want to be. And
0: she's the millennials, millennials. Yes, like she is like queen millennial. Yeah, what right. <laughs> they're taking her top off, and what is right. Brian Park?
1: Yes, episode two. <laughs> I
0: love her so much.
1: And you know, Molly is so brave. She just went for she went for everything, and I just thought, oh, you must be this person. She goes, I'm not this person at all. She no, isn't. I'm like no.
0: In my mind, she is so that character.
1: No, she sort of like lives her, you know, vicariously through that character, but she is, says. She insists she is not that character but I feel like she just I you know love writing for Lauren.
0: Oh, I love you writing for Lauren yeah. and watching her. She's Lauren. so much fun. She's so much fun. And
1: nobody talks faster uh, than Molly Bernard.
0: I want to have a talk fast off with her.
1: Oh, I don't you will lose. You will lose. <laughs> you will lose.
0: Yeah. Darren, I am being very slow for this podcast. I'm uh, trying to, okay. I'm trying to enunciate. I see. No, I know. I hear promise you. you. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm a motor. I mouse. want to see the two of you together. Then. <laughs> okay. So before I let you go, we're gonna play a little game. Sure. Okay. So uh, the game is truth or not truth. I didn't come up with the title. <laughs> okay. Truth or not truth. Truth or not truth. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a fact about one of the castmates, mm-hmm. like as themselves, as they were people, mm-hmm. and you tell me if it's the truth or not truth. Okay. Okay? Are you okay with this, like, Sure. Dramatical
1: errors I'm making? Truth or not truth. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Or, okay. You want to change the name? N- uh, <laughs> we can.
1: Truth or not truth? Truth or truthiness? Truth or post-truth? I don't know. The- Ooh,
0: see, this is why you're Darren Starr. No. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, truth or <sighs> not truth. <laughs> okay. Truth
1: or not truth. We'll go back to that. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> okay. So... um, Peter Herman once had a job washing hair at a salon. True or not true?
1: Not true.
0: Not true. Guess what? It's true. No. Can you believe?
1: I'm going to have a big talk with him about that <laughs> today. Peter Herman washed hair at a salon.
0: I'm dead. I can't even believe it, right?
1: I, I can't picture it.
0: Oh, you can't. Either. I bet he gave a good like scalp massage. I would take, I wouldn't say no. I would tip him
1: good. I just don't, I just can't see it. But I wanted, I, yeah, I'm going to get to the bottom of this one. Okay. <laughs> I know, I need, I need
0: more details too. Yeah. Okay, uh, truth or not truth, Sutton Foster is afraid of snakes.
1: I'm just gonna say true because who isn't?
0: It's like right. That's yeah. I, that, that's like that's like t-ball. That's, a, ball. that's yeah, not fair. Exactly.
1: That's a gimme. <laughs>
0: well, wouldn't it, like imagine if she wasn't, she would be like right. a devil worshipper.
1: <laughs> that would be a weird, not true. Yes, true. She's sudden Foster's afraid of snakes.
0: True. Correct. Okay. Um, she's
1: wow. That's what she's telling you. She's not being very revealing. If that's all she's giving you, she's afraid of snakes.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> Molly Bernard uh, was her high school prom queen. True or not true?
1: Now I think everything's true. Yes, true.
0: She was. I found that like I, I was surprised by that, just because she's so cool, and right. I feel like the prom queen is so basic.
1: Right. You know. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she's personality plus. So prom so queen makes sometimes sense. like she like she's adorable and she has the personality. Exactly.
0: See, now I'm just revealing my own jealousy and my high school
1: wounds. She personally got every. She personally, like got every vote.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, Miriam Shore is allergic to nuts. True or not true?
1: Not true.
0: You're right. You're a master. Yeah, it's false. It's it's not true. She's I feel like not allergic I've
1: eaten a nut around Miriam, Shore, so that's why I'm saying. <laughs> Tell that.
0: Tell me about the nuts you've eaten with Miriam. I don't. Shore. <laughs> I'm just sure
1: there. She's been around me and you know a couple cashews and or something. At I some love point a macadamia nut. Yeah, right. It feels very indulgent. Yes.
0: <laughs> Only on my cheat day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Debbie Mazar has a knife collection. True or not true?
1: I'm gonna have to say true to that.
0: You? Yeah. yeah I actually know this for a fact is true. She told me. The was very comfortable I with a
1: switchblade when we shot that. well episode. I was she?
0: I know, did she have some input in that episode? Because I know she loves Knives.
1: She didn't, but we just sort of imagined that. I guess we were just right on. You know, sometimes you you just sort of, like, get that perfect marriage between character and actor. And yeah, yeah. Just we... We kind of imagined Maggie having that switchblade, and and Debbie was very comfortable.
0: You nailed with it. it. Yeah, it's true. Okay, uh, Nico Tortorella plays the saxophone. True no or not? <laughs> you didn't even let me finish. Why? Why? You know? <laughs> no, you're right. You're correct.
1: I can't picture it.
0: I could so picture you it. <laughs> yes, but see. You know? no him, and I'm thinking of Josh. Like, could right. you see like Josh? Like with the sexy a sexy sax? <laughs>
1: I guess I know that he could barely play the washboard for the show. That's so, a
0: really good point. So I
1: kind of not barely he does a great job <laughs> on the washboard, but when we talked about what what instrument could he play in the band? That's why I know he can't play the and saxophone. He was like the spoons? It was like n- no instrument. <laughs> No, it's
0: i can clap my hands yeah. oh my god the water that's hysterical i just thought that that was like an ironic millennial thing for him to play i didn't realize it's because he had, had no musical
1: skills no, we just found the one thing he could do in that band
0: I'm, that's hysterical <laughs> and last but certainly not least uh hillary duff fosters hairless cats <laughs> not just cats hairless cats
1: I'm going to totally say not true because Hillary loves dogs.
0: You're so right. You know your cast really well. I know
1: my people. The yeah.
0: only person you didn't know was uh, Peter Herman, but that's really crazy. Peter
1: Herman washing hair. I mean, <laughs> amazing he would even admit to that. Not that there's anything wrong with washing hair. Nothing but wrong,
0: just, but it just doesn't seem – he's just so tall. His back must hurt so bad. I,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm so worried about his back right now. Do you think he still has problems from it?
1: Well, you know, we put him in that uh, – I didn't know – anything about Peter Herman having any back issues until we put him in the um, sack race.
0: Oh, I was just making assumptions. He really does.
1: I think, like, you know, well, everybody over 40, he's like, you know, true. you're putting me in a sack race. I have, like, you know, I've, I've had back problems. And I'm like, and, but you know what? He soldiered through. <laughs> there was no stunt double. He did it on the, he, he... That, was him, that was him in the sack. That was him in the sack. That was him in the He didn't
0: go with the double on that one. He
1: did not go with the double. He's like, I want
0: to sack this up.
1: Yes, he did. <laughs> yep. He did the fall, bouncing around. Did
0: he get really punched in the face?
1: Uh, I act- pretty damn close. Pretty close. I was I there I the not remember whispers damn, of that. Yeah. Pretty damn close. I think maybe one punch might have connected with Nico. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of this is acting and this is real. This is for you, you know. Hitting on my girl all these seasons,
0: right, right. Because I know, I do know that Nico and Sun actually feel very like bonded. I mean, they know they're acting, but they really feel like deeply about their characters being together. So yeah. Yes, that love triangle all, really do. upset them yeah, yeah it's true yeah it's true well that's all the time we have thank, thank you, you so fun. much Darren for hanging out with Thanks. us that was A so lot. much fun Thanks, and uh, you guys uh, I hope you enjoyed our very first podcast uh, we're going to be recapping seasons 2, 3 and 4 and oh so much more for you guys on Younger Uncovered thank yes you. that's the name of the show thank Darren you. thank you so much you're the best and we'll see you guys soon bye that's it
1: great that was fun oh my
0: god Darren you're hysterical you're so good you're so good at this